You're listening to The Happiness Hub, part of the Redshift Community Podcast Network with me, Liz Parkin. And me, Kedron Elliott. Every episode, we'll share top tips on how to get happy and stay happy. So listen in, get involved and be happy. Hello, you are listening to The Happiness Hub with me, Kedron Elliott, and my co-host. Hello, I'm Liz Parkin. Nice to see you. <laughs> nice to hear you. How are you doing this week, Liz? I'm good, thank you very much, Kedron. Um... What can I tell you about this week? I look out the window and it's not very cheery outside, is no, it? It's not. But um, but no, I'm very cheery in my heart. Nearly Christmas. Haven't got Christmas decorations up yet. Not actually that interested in even well, going. Oh yes, you told me earlier that you weren't <laughs> even going to bother with the tree. Shock horror. Some years I get so excited and I'm like, right, we're going to put everything up on the first December. And then every now and then I'm like, oh, should we just not bother this year? And MJ's like, of course we've got to bother. I mean, no one's going to come to the house. I'm really not that fast. Anyway, we will sort a tree out. I'll let him deal with it all this time. Okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what have you been up to this week? Uh, well, this week I was celebrating my birthday last weekend. That was a bit of a monster of a cake, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? vegan Biscoff cake, which is... I thought you'd be putting it in the freezer. It's huge. No. <laughs> no. The cake never makes it to the freezer in my house. And actually, from last week's podcast, when we had Annie in talking about life coaching, I bought myself a diary for this year because I'm very, very unorganized. And, you know, she said about like planning and and things. And as you know, I've had a few health issues going on. So I just kind of got all my notes and details together from all the appointments that I had, because whenever they asked me, I like I can't remember when it was got no concept of time so I wrote them all down and I wrote down all the bits and points from all the letters that I've received from the doctors and the hospitals just so I can kind of get my head around it all and I found that was quite useful just to yeah help me get me head round. I think that's a really good idea and I think also because you know we're not getting any younger and as, as you keep telling me as you get older <laughs> life just speeds up and yeah. when you think to yourself oh yeah I had that I don't know whether it's a symptom or feeling or whatever um a week ago but actually it might have been a month ago or you had you experienced such and you know everything does and I don't know about you but being in lockdown every day is like groundhog day mm-hmm. and it all rolled into one so I think taking notes like that is actually a really really good idea so well done yeah thank you excellent should we get to our guest yes, we should. right <laughs> crack on and introduce our guest okay so our guest today is Hannah and Hannah and me know each other through Slimming World and now Liz you keep telling me not to bang on about Slimming World. I've never said that. <laughs> I've just said you should be consistent and not eat massive cakes and then talk about Slimming World. Right, okay. Yeah. And um, Hannah had, had lost a, a fab amount of weight before she, she joined my groups. Prides herself as a 30-year-old learning the best ways to improve her PCOS through weight loss and healthy lifestyle. So Hannah, lovely for you to join us today and join us on the podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I've just been on a very cold dog walk, so I'm just warming up at the moment. <laughs> we've just been out for a walk with Jasper. We? Yeah, we've just been out for a walk with Jasper. We're just uh, we're recording this interview on Zoom, and I can see your dog in the background. He's on the sofa and you're on the floor. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought you might want to see the dog as we've spoken about the dog. So I thought <laughs> I'm sat on a nice cushion. <laughs> yeah, it's very often that uh, my dog gets to uh, sprawl out across the sofa. Or more often than not, actually, in bed, he'll come up in the morning and he will literally, like, he's only a, a Springer Doodle. He's not massive. You think he's a massive Dalmatian the way I talk about him. But he would spread himself right across the bed. So me and my husband are like, um, okay, it must be time to get up now because Jasper's... Yeah. Uh, 
Jasmine's kicking us out of bed quite literally. <laughs> it's the other way around for us. We have to kick her out of bed. She'll stay under the duvet until you oh, kick her out. <laughs> keep your feet warm. Very good. So your walk today, is that part of your daily routine? Is that your exercise? Is that your mental health, clearing your head, well-being? Yeah, well, I'm working from home today. So it's kind of part of my lunch break, really. I try and take her out at lunch and go for a bit of a longer walk than usual. So, yeah. Um, it helps me to have a break away from the laptop screen and emails and things as well. So I do enjoy yeah. it. It's so important. And I was having a conversation with my boss. So one of my jobs is, is I'm employed by the Cheshire and Warrington Left. And we were having a conversation this morning and he was just checking in with us to make sure that how are we all? How are you all doing? I know it's hard to say that in a group meeting but you know what is it can we help with anything and so many of us all said well a we don't feel that there is a problem because our team are great and our boss is really good at being very understanding of our situation but we all shared what we do some people have got a very rigid I stop at one o'clock every day and I go out I've just started swimming again on in the morning quarter past eight for 45 minutes swim managed to do it three times this week and I'm hoping to get back up to four or five times next week but just by swimming this morning, it made me realise how much I'd missed it because we've had yeah. this second lockdown and how important it is to factor that in. Because I've had a few days this week where I've got to three o'clock, I've looked out the window, it's raining, it's dark. And I thought, oh, I've not been out yet. The dog has just played in the garden and that's <laughs> that's his entertainment, which is not good. We do have a big garden, but it's not good. Um, so I've kind of really changed my focus and making sure I get that exercise in first thing in the morning at the very least and like, like Ked said, we've been out for a walk at lunchtime today before it's got dark. It kind of wakes you up if you do it first thing in the morning as well, doesn't it? It kind of sets you up for the day as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the swimming, I've done, uh, yeah, 45 minutes. Monday, Tuesday, it was a bit like, ugh. And today, I felt like I was floating. Today <laughs> was just a whole different experience. It actually felt... Well, I hope like you were floating really... if you were swimming. <laughs> <laughs> it, was really, it felt really easy. It felt really enjoyable. Whereas, yeah, the other two days, I'm like, oh, my goodness me, what am I doing at this time of day? I'm going to go... I can't dry my hair at the swimming pool. I'm going to go out in the cold, wet hair. Of course, in the summer, it was fine. But mm. anyway, so no, I think making sure you've got some time allocated in your day to do something just for you is really important definitely before we get started then and talking a little bit more about the things that you do I did mention about your, your PCOS so if, if somebody's listening and they don't know what that is could you could you tell us what it is and how it affects you yeah so it's common with women one in ten women in the UK have PCOS but it's quite hard to diagnose because there are so many symptoms and different women experience different symptoms it's not kind of a set symptom that's easy to diagnose so I was diagnosed because I'd never had a period and by the age of 17 I'd still not had a period so I had blood tests and an ultrasound scan and I do have polycystic ovaries but the the name's a bit misleading because you don't have to have cysts on your ovaries to have polycystic ovaries there's a range of things it affects your hormones your androgen levels um, which also it will affect your mental health as well so that's kind of my my journey's been quite focused on my mental health as well as dealing with the other symptoms as well because you can have mood swings you can have it really affects your self-esteem and your body image because myself as a teenager I kind of felt like my body's not working because of there's potential fertility risks in the future and things like that so it can be quite isolating if you haven't got people that understand the condition Mm -hmm. around you. So you said you started having tests at 17 how long did it take you to get diagnosed? The 
process wasn't too right. It was more the wait to see the gynecologist after my ultrasound. But like my doctor had kind of suggested PCOS to me. At that age, I'd never heard about it. I didn't really understand it. And when I was diagnosed at the hospital, I wasn't given any, apart from just a generic NHS leaflet, I wasn't given really any information on support or where to find information or how to deal with potential symptoms. I was just told about all the risks of fertility and potential um, risks of diabetes and fatty liver disease and things like that. So I just came out stunned and emotional and didn't know what to do really. I thought my body's not working. Who's going to want to have a family with me or even try and have a family with someone that's body's not working? And that was a big dream for me when I was a I love working with children and I've always wanted children. So that's always been a big what if in my mind. You can't uh, worry about the what ifs all the time, can you? So your weight loss, was that prompted because of the condition? Or does that, has that obviously yeah, helped so in some way? Because of the high androgen levels, your insulin levels can also increase. You can have more insulin than the average person. Um, and that can lead to weight gain um, and it can increase your hunger feeling as well. So weight and managing like my mood swings and trying not to comfort eat or binge eat has been a big battle for me. So, yeah, a lot of women, I wouldn't say the majority, but you kind of hear more about people with PCOS being overweight or struggling with their weight. But you can also be thin and have PCOS as well. Um, but because of the, the different androgen levels and things like that, it's harder to lose that weight and maintain the weight loss. So, yeah, I've lost six stone, but over about three to four years, um, doing it gradually and going up and down. I think that's one thing that frustrated me being a swimming world consultant, because you get so many people coming and it's not just PCOS. Mm. There's, there's other conditions that people come with and they're like the doctors told me. A, that I won't be able to lose weight. But like you said, quite often, if you've got an overactive thyroid, underactive thyroid, isn't it? Mm. Or PCOS or whatever the condition is, you can lose weight. It's mm. going to be hard, harder, maybe, or slower. Yeah. But also medication, doctors exactly. often say, yeah. you know, you're going to put on weight. Well, physically taking a tablet won't put weight on, but it can affect your appetite yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and for me, because I'm quite tall, once I'd lost a bit of weight, people are like, oh, you should be at your target now. And I haven't really set a target weight because apart from knowing what my BMI is, I focus a bit more on my BMI because if I do need fertility treatment or things like that, that's one of the criteria that they will look at. And I'm six stone lighter, but I'm still in an overweight BMI. So yeah, that's what goes through my head. <laughs> so it's lots of things that go through with slimmers. Yeah. Uh, as we all know, as being it just frustrates me when people say, I want to lose two stone by Christmas and that I don't feel like I can put that sort of a target on my weight because I just don't know how it's going to fluctuate from one week to the next. Like no one does really, do they? But times when it's harder, like you say, with medication and I'm always having medication changes. What's the medication doing exactly? Is that trying to, if you've got cysts, is it trying to shrink them or is it trying to balance your hormones? It's, it's the hormone imbalance. So most women are offered some form of contraceptive pill um, or progesterone pill or combined pill. And so it, as well, it will depend on your period symptoms as well because some people may have really heavy painful periods or might have endometriosis as well as so many links and different possibilities so for me it was I was just sent off on the pill because I wasn't trying for a baby it was like come back when you're ready to try for a baby put you on the pill no support given really 
Um, not great, is it? What else do you do, Hannah, to, to help you manage your condition? So obviously there was, there was things that you advised when you you were first diagnosed, but it's been a, it's been a long journey thing as, as well as a weight loss. There's been other things that you've done to help manage it. Yeah, definitely. So like I said before, it really affected my self-esteem and my mood. And at age of 17, I just thought I just me, I didn't think about depression or anything like that. But um, my mood and things was slowly getting worse and I had no self really low self-worth really bad anxiety and kind of avoided social situations and things because I just thought no one's going to like me no one the usual <laughs> so I did go to the doctors eventually and did um, go through some CBT for my self-esteem and things and that's where something changed in me where I realized I needed to look at things more positively and all these what ifs I need to think more well if that happens to deal with it then you can put an action plan in place then and tr- just trying to be more positive and as well being more active I think has helped me be more motivated and more positive so I do try and find ways to be active that I enjoy so like the dog walking swimming things like that just getting outdoors yeah, yeah. makes a big difference doesn't it just being mm. out, out and about what's been the changes in your diet that, that have worked this you know have you have you tried to lose weight over the years and suddenly found that Slimming World's worked or what is it that yeah so I did do Slimming World previously to this journey if you like want to call it that and then I lost a couple of stone but that's when I wasn't really aware of my mental health and I didn't have the motivation so I kind of lost that motivation and put the weight back on I wasn't in the the right headspace so I really focused on my mental health at first to prepare myself before I felt like right I can I've got what I need now to do this I need to think more positively so yeah like I said being more active is a big thing um, and just trying to find healthy swaps and healthier options so I'm not a big well I wasn't a big kind of cook and things but I really enjoy I enjoy now finding new recipes and trying out different things I'll try vegetarian I'm not a vegetarian but Kedrin you know I've uh, been trying tofu and all different types of things so yeah um and I've got a nut allergy as well so you always suggested like nuts and seeds and things with healthy diet and I've got to find alternatives for that as well so lots to think about what do you feel was a, a turning point for me for me a mental health point of view when you were able to you were saying you, you you were ready to do the slimming world and you felt mentally ready what was that switch for you was it the CBT or was it yeah I think once I'd been been doing the CBT and kind of was more aware of how I was putting myself down and how negative I was about everything and trying to change that and challenge my negative thoughts and started reading lots of self-help books and things like that and just like I said felt more motivated and I started an Instagram account sort of for my own accountability really not expecting it to I wasn't like looking for followers and things like that, but I kind of talked about my PCOS on there as well. And that really helped me to stay motivated as well, talking to other women, both Slimming World or with PCOS, supporting each other, really. You've got quite a, a large following on Instagram. And I know you've talked about your experience and what lack of support you got when you started. Um, but you're also, um, is like right to say, like an ambassador for a company called Daisy? Yeah, so Daisy is a research study. Um, so they put an advert out for people with either with or without PCOS that were interested in 
public engagement to raise awareness of PCOS because there's such a lack of awareness between different health professionals on what is the best treatment of PCOS and different knowledge out there and different research people refer to. So it's a leadership programme. So I, I was I'm part of this team now that when we're learning more about PCOS from researchers and professionals in the field and then we will eventually start planning public engagement events to raise awareness and equality for people with PCOS in healthcare as well so it always amazes me when you hear about conditions like PCOS and how the healthcare professionals still don't know the right Mm. kind of treatment and how it can vary Mm. from one doctor to another when it's been something that's very prevalent for, yeah. for a great many years mm-hmm. but do you find um it's and generally with the people that you're in communication with how people deal with work and employment being you know sick days and stuff like that it, is that something that comes into the the conversation and the research and um, what the the pcos affects them yeah like, yeah um it's not really a thing that i've seen as a common conversation but yeah it can for some like I haven't struggled with really painful periods or anything like that, but a lot of women do. And there's also that link with endometriosis too. So you can be, you know, in pain and not be able to go to work some days and things like that. For me, in more my mental health that I've had to kind of take a step back sometimes with my work and just think I need to have a day off or do something for me or, but yeah. Books that you've read that helps you with mental health. Um, what's been some of the best ones for you and where, where what have you found that's really helped you? There's a foundation called the Blurt Foundation, which I found a couple of years ago now, and they do mainly blogs about depression and being more positive and a lot of stuff about self-care. And the founder of it, Jane Hardy, she's got a couple of books on self-care Um, And she's just brought out a new one called Kind Words for Unkind Days, which I'm dipping in and out of at the moment because it's it's not one that you have to read from cover to cover. You can dip in those little bits, just the tiny chapters like for different types of days to say you're having a really something's really you've just got negative thoughts all day or you you feel like you just need to, to get some stress out or whatever there's different things to read for different days and just to look at things more positively and so yeah I'm enjoying that um and then I do like Fern Cotton's books as well because they're just a bit different and Kedrin you've lended me one of your books recently which I'm enjoying oh, yes. at the moment yes I've nearly finished that um Brené Brown so yes I, I love Renee Brown. She's she's absolutely amazing. I've got a couple of her books. I don't know the other one's gone west somewhere. I've lent it to someone, not had it back. <laughs> but um, she does a podcast. She's just started a podcast recently. Um, but you can you can Google her. Like I think I sent you mm. her te- one of her TED talks where yes. she, she's done this TED talks about ha- this mental breakdown that she had. Although her therapist called it her spiritual awakening. <laughs> and after she did it, she had a massive regret about how she just like you know talked about her mental breakdown to thousands and thousands of people across the world because it was a TED talk but um yeah and what I really like about her is that she's funny as well mm. it, it's so completely relatable the things that she talks about and you know sometimes when people share stuff about their own mental health and things that they worried about you go I thought I was the only one that felt like that mm. I thought I was the only one who who had these thoughts and mm. you know it's dispelling that myth mm. and also like you say she's funny you know your typical depressed anxious person doesn't necessarily need to be somebody who's moody yeah. who keeps the 
windows shut and locks exactly. themselves away from society. It's a typical depressed person, is it? Yeah, yeah, you know, we've all got things going on behind our, you know, our outer skin. Mm. And, and some people, for some people, they can be very, very anxious and very, very um, depressed, but they put on a brave face and they put on a big um, personality. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting to hear that she's that sort of person as well with her mm. her talks. Definitely. And I think you've, you've got to be passionate about it to be able to do stuff like she does as well, haven't you? And like from everything that I've learned about my own mental health, like I, I've used the Blurt Foundation in other ways as well. Like they offered some training to facilitate self-care training for staff. So I did a presentation for my team at work on self-care and taking that moment both in work and out of work for self-care and the mental health first aider as well at work now so that's good Mm -hmm. and uh, I've just finished training as a Samaritans listener as well so I'm enjoying that as well. Brilliant so tell us a little bit more about kind of the work that you do because you I know that you volunteer for Samaritans but you're also studying as well so yeah there's a lot going on yeah so I work full-time for um a charity in Cheshire East called Friends for Leisure Um, I'm the activity coordinator so we support disabled children and young people aged 5 to 21 a lot of them are on the autism spectrum or have a learning disability um, but they kind of have a physical disability as well Um, and it's about supporting them with their social isolation that they may have because a lot of them have to go to special educational schools out of the area so they're getting taxis at seven in the morning and coming home at like six at night so and they're not living close to all their school friends so they've got no one to socialize with that they know so we didn't do things like youth groups bowling and drama groups but obviously at the moment that's all gone virtual (laughs) so this year it's all been on zoom but yeah that's what I do and what are you studying as well on top of being a Samaritan? Um, yeah, I'm doing a part-time degree in psychology with counselling with the Open University. Right, okay. So, yeah, thinking that in around everything else. Remote learning then, you've got to be pretty uh, dedicated yeah, to Yeah, that. it's a bit different, but yeah, I have found it helpful. Do Obviously, I wouldn't be able to do it full-time with working full-time as well. And I don't get how people do like two modules at the same time. I'm doing one module at a time, so it will take me overall six years but I'm halfway through now I am enjoying it so we'll see what comes from it very good so we're starting on Saturday well in fact this podcast will be going out on Sunday but so in theory yesterday uh we were started our 12 days of kindness campaign which is something we're running as Redshift and the Nantwich Buddies and we're launching it on our social media and just asking people to do something that is kind to them to other people to the environment and what kind of things do you do to be kind to yourself going outdoors and just taking that moment to be on my own I'll put my phone in my pocket or sometimes I don't even take my phone with me and just completely switch off and um, but I usually like to take my phone to take pictures of the dog um but yeah exercising as well so I found it quite hard with lockdown and the gyms closing that I couldn't just go to the gym after working all day or like and because at the moment I do live with my parents so I can't just do a home workout wherever I want to in the house it was either go out with the dog or find another way of exercising so um, yeah exercising is a good one for me and it helps to deal with stress and other stuff like that Um swimming I do love swimming um, which I should make more time for really so maybe that's something I can work towards yeah January's coming up time to start resolutions <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Hannah if someone was listening to this and they were kind of inspired by your story and wanted to sort of find some help or support with PCOS where could they find you and any other areas that you could recommend? 
Uh, yeah, so they can find me on Instagram at Hannah's Journey PCOS Weight Loss. It's a bit long. Um, or I'm just trying to get to grips a bit more with Twitter and use Twitter a bit more. That's Hannah Guth, G-U-T-H, PCOS. And yeah, on Instagram, I just share my weight loss journey. It's not focused on that. All things PCOS, mental health, finding useful, everything really. Um, and I've had a, a messages which is really nice from other women with PCOS. I had a year old lady with PCOS message me today saying that just me sharing has really helped her and inspired her to carry on with her weight loss and it's she's been up and down with her own weight but like she felt like she could come and ask me questions which and obviously I'm no medical professional and I can't give advice like that but it's just having that someone that understands I think because like the people you live with you they they know you've got a condition and they might know a bit about it but they don't really understand how it makes you feel that's where you can find me um and if you wanted to hit know more about friends for leisure you can find friends for leisure on the internet as well friendsforleisure.org.uk and we are looking for volunteers as well for virtual befriending with young people so and we've got a new virtual scheme coming up but we also have our volunteers come to our zooms and obviously our in-person stuff when it's back on so you have to be 15 to volunteer with them okay and you've got you covered the Nantwich area with that it's Cheshire East isn't it Cheshire East yeah so yeah we have our main areas are Crewe, Macclesfield and Congleton but yeah volunteers can come from all over Cheshire East brilliant well thank you very much I think that's been really interesting Mm. we'll put some links in fact might want to suggest to us some links about the PCOS to to put in the show notes so that people can Mm -hmm. go to sort of helplines and obviously we'll put links to your so people can follow you as well um, but send us over anything you'd like to include thank you any more from you madam no well wouldn't it normally we end the session with asking you about your top tips for mental health or what makes you happy I know you talked a lot about being outside and yeah. obviously your doglets there behind you <laughs> um so I don't know if that that's your top tips or if there's anything else you wanted to add Hannah yeah I think just giving yourself a break sometimes and realizing that you can't do everything and don't be so hard on yourself and try and just change your thoughts and realize like I've found it really helpful to kind of recognize when things are like there's lots going on and I'm doing too much and how that because if like your mental health it can affect your skin your health your sleep everything and you've just got to kind of recognize those things take a moment for yourself and think right what do I need to do to make this easier but yeah being active is a big one I love being outdoors and I love the water going somewhere near the, the water near the sea it just brings me back and um, to calm really it's my happy place I think yeah. we're going to go yeah. for a drive to the seaside at the weekend now you know Crosby Beach is it Formby yeah. or Crosby Formby. where they've got the Anthony Gormley statues mm. it's oh, really yeah. nice around there yeah lovely yeah. right Super. fabulous thank you so thank much thank you very Anna. much indeed Hannah enjoy thank the you. rest of your week and uh, we'll see you again for a nice chat about Friends for Leisure perhaps on our yes, Chelsea's podcast will. all right thank you you're listening to the happiness hub part of the redshift community podcast network with me liz parkin and me kedron elliott every episode we'll share top tips and how to get happy and stay happy so listen in get involved and be happy